Hello and uh, namaste to all. Uh, cordial welcome to all the participants to the 20th episode of uh, Gurukula. Nice to see all of you. I have the privilege of uh, welcoming uh, the guest speaker of today, not uh, a new person for Easy Ayurveda platform. She's given a couple of talks already. This is a series on Vatavyadi, uh, Dr. Saujanya J. So welcome and cordial welcome on behalf of Easy Ayurveda and all our participants, Dr. Saujanya. Namaste. Namaste, sir. Thank you. So, thank you. So, so this will be the third of uh, the series of presentations on uh, Vatavedi, which is a very important uh, topic and a tough topic also for all of us to understand. Uh, let's see what uh, Dr. Sojane explores uh, today. So before that, uh, to our participants, uh, new participants, let me give a brief introduction of Dr. Sojane. Dr. Sojane J has her post-graduation degree in Kajikisa and MA in Sanskrit. Uh, currently, pursuing uh, her PhD studies. I would uh, hand over uh, the stage to Dr. Saujanya for her presentation on a topic, a bird's eye view on Vatavadi Chikitsa. We'll be dealing with, uh, we'll be seeing what are the different perspectives of uh, Vatavadi Chikitsa, the treatment principles of uh, Vatavadi. Over to you, Dr. Saujanya. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, so before starting my today's topic, I'll be just brushing down the previous topics what I had dealt. Uh, because that is very much important as it is a continuity of my other two series. So in the first session, I had started with introduction to Vata Dosha and what exactly the Vata Vyadi is. As all know, Vata Vyadi is a set of special disorders which is caused by only vitiated Vata Dosha. That is Vikrita Vata Janito Asadharana Vyadihi Iti Vata Vyadihi. In the second set of my talk, I had mainly emphasized on Nidana Panchaka of Vatavyadi, that is etiopathogenesis, causative factors, aggravating and relieving factors with pathophysiology. Before moving into Vatavyadi Chikitsa, understanding the pathophysiology of Vatavyadi is very, very important. So just brushing up that there are two mainly Vatavyadi Samprapti, that is pathophysiology. One is Dhatukshaya Janya Samprapti, one more is Margavarodha Janya Samprapti. Whereas Dhatukshaya Janya Samprapti mainly deals with Prakupata Vata, that is vitiated Vata, leading Vatavyadis mainly by diminishing the tissue factors. Whereas the Margavarodha Janya or Avarana Janya Vatavyadi deals with increase of the Vata Dosha by means of obstructed pathway. That is pathophysiology mainly when there is obstruction of pathways leading to vitiation of Vata Dosha. Because the complete Vata Vyadi which I will be dealing today is mainly dependent on whether it is Dhatukshaya Janya Samprakti Janya Vata Vyadi or Margavarodha Janya Samprakti Janya Vata Vyadi. So we have to clearly remember two things. One, only by means of vitiated Vata but because of various causative factors which has been explained or due to obstruction by either Pitta Dosha, Kapha Dosha or Ama where there is vitiation of Vata Dosha. So with this brief um, introduction or brief brush up, I'll be moving with today's topic, a bird's eye view on Vata Vyadi Chikitsa. So moving into Samanya Chikitsa, general treatment principles adopted in Vata Vyadi. So today I'll be dealing with the general principles because each and every Vata Vyadi, such as there are more than 80 Vata Vyadas individually, which has different a special set of treatment principles. For example, Pakshagata, which is interpreted to CV or paralysis, have a different set of its special chikitsa saying that Snehanam Sveda Samyuktam Pakshagata Verechanam. Here, today I'll be dealing with the general treatment principles which, it, which is adopted in all the Vatavya, this based on mainly two pathophysiologists. The first is Snehana and Svedana, mainly the oleation and sudation therapy. And the verse goes like, Kevalam nirupas tambham adav snehai rupacharet vayusarpir vasataila majjapanair naram tataha. Sneha klantam samashvasya payobihi snehayet punaha yushaihi gramya ambuja anupaihi rasairva sneha samyutaihi. Payasaihi krisharaihi samla lavanai ranuvasanaihi navanai tarpanaischanai susnigdham svedayet tataha. Swabhyaktam sneha samyukta irnadi prastara sankaraihi tatha anyer vivithai sveda yatha yogam upacharit. The entire verse will be explained under snehana and svedana in upcoming slides as follows. First, we have to understand the two words in 
ಸಾಮಾನ್ಯ ಚಿಕಿತ್ಸಾ ಸೂತ್ರ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಜನರಲ್ ಪ್ರಿನ್ಸಿಪಲ್ ಆಫ್ ವಾತವ್ಯ ಅದೇ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಕೇವಲ ನಿರುಪಸ್ತಂಭಂ ಹಿಯರ್ ಸ್ನೇಹನ ಅಂಡ್ ಸ್ವೇದನ ಕರ್ಮ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಓಲಿಯೇಷನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸುಡೇಷನ್ ಥೆರಪೀಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಪರ್ಟೇನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಧಾತು ಕ್ಷಯಜನ್ಯ ಸಂಪ್ರಾಪ್ತಿ ವೇರ್ ಕೇವಲ ವಾತವ್ಯಾದಿ ಇಸ್ ಅಸಂಸೃಷ್ಟ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಕಂಬೈನ್ಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಎನಿ ಅದರ್ ದೋಷ ಧಾತು ಆರ್ ಮಲ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಪ್ರಕೋಪಿತ ವಾತ ದೋಷ ಅಲೋನ್ ಕಾಸಿಂಗ್ ವಾತವ್ಯಾದಿ ವೇರ್ ಆಸ್ ನಿರುಪಸ್ತಂಭಂ ರೆಫರ್ಸ್ ಟು ಅನಾವೃತಂ ವೇರ್ ಆಸ್ ದ ಆವರಣ the second pathophysiology which i had explained it is obstruction to pathway of vata has not occurred that is only the vata alone causing the vata vyadhi so without any avarana samprapti so in case of kevala and nirupastambha vata vyadhi itself we have to adopt snehana followed by svedana karma so what is this snehana karma snehana is mainly here oleation therapy we have to understand this snehana as antar snehana which is taken internally and bahya snehana which is adopted as an external procedure mainly emphasized towards intake of oleation is explained as achchasneha pana and pravicharana sneha pana whereas achchasneha pana is intake of pure form of either sarpi that is ghee vasa animal muscle fat taila or oil majja that is bone marrow which is medicated so consuming pure form of any of these along with the medications or the medicated form is considered as achchasneha pana whereas pravicharana sneha pana refers to the sneha mixed along with the other food substances a list of food substances has been explained in the shloka that is the words telling that either mixing this with kshira that is milk either with the griyal that is yusha with gramya mamsa rasa that is meat soup of domesticated animals or ambuja mamsa rasa meat soup of aquatic animals anupa mamsa rasa meat soup of marshy land inhibiting animals payasa a preparation with milk ghee and jaggery and kishara that is kichdi which is made out of amladravya such as dadima and saindhavalavana mainly these two forms of intake of sneha has been explained because few will be habituated from the childhood to intake the sneha dravya such as ghee milk curds etc but few may not be habituated with that or few may feel averse towards the medicated ghee which is in pure form so for those such as bala who are children elderly vridha and sukumara not accustomed and other related conditions where individual pure form of ghee which is medicated cannot be given we can give the same with the mixing with all this item so this is the second form of internal administration of sneha pana the third form is tarpana ahara sevana here tarpana is nourishment therapy as we know that vata is a factor based when it is vitiated causes denourishment of the srotas dehe srotamsi riktani which i had explained in dhatukshya janya samprapti tarpana ahara plays a very important role for example we can advise ghee rice that is gratanna sevana kshiranna sevana malkvat rice laja which is popped rice the paya as i explained paisa milk with ghee karjuradi mantha a preparation made out of dates added with ghee these are the internal administration of sneha pana whereas our acharyas have even emphasized on other routes of administration of this sneha dravya such as basti and nasya here mainly basti is rectal route administration of snigdha vatahara dravya the substances which mitigates the vitiated vata dosha is considered for example we can take different medications i had explained here such as sahacharadi taila dhanvantara taila sukumara krita and so on so the second route of administration of snehana internally is rectal route which has been adopted as we know that there are different routes of administration of the drugs based on the absorption capacity after the oral route the rectal route has been emphasized by our acharyas and also i want to put a note on uh, for vatavyadi the best treatment is basti considered as ardha chikitsyaha so we all know that the absorption in rectal route is much more better than oral route whenever we want a quick action then we can consider this route or when a person is intolerated towards the intake of snehadravyas orally we can opt this route the third route is nasya by means of nasal route snigdha nasya by means of shirabala taila can be adopted 
So this is the first line of treatment which has to be adopted in Kevala and Nirupastambha Vatavyadi. The second line of treatment which has to be adopted is Svedana, that is sedation therapy. So after proper Snehana itself, Svedana Karma should be adopted. So that is external application of Sneha by means of massage, by Vatahara Taila such as Mahanarayana Taila, Kshirabala Taila and so on. Different modes of Svedana based on condition can be adopted. For example, Nadi Sveda, a sedation by means of pipe, Prastara Sveda, sedation by person is made to lie on a bed and given a therapy, Sankara Sveda, sedation by means of bolus or any kind of Sveda because there are different kinds of sedation therapies which has been explained such as Agni Sveda, there are 13 varieties and Niragni Sveda, direct heat fermentation and indirect heat fermentation, anything can be adopted based on a disease. Here, and our Acharya gives us an exploration that to select a sedation method based on specific disease since it is a general line of principle. Again, why Snehana and Svedana alone has been considered as primost importance in Vatavyadi, especially Kevala and Nirupasthamba because of this. Snehaktam svinnamangam tu vakram stabdham athapiva shanair nama itum shakyam yatheshtam shushkadaruvat. Harsha Toda Rugayama Shotas Thamba Grahadayaha Svinnasyashu Prashamyanti Mardavam Chopajayate Snehascha Dhatu Samshushkan Pushnanya Ashu Prayojitaha Balamagni Balam Pushthim Pranam Shapyapi Vardhayit. So what does it states? A simile has been given to understand the importance of oleation and sudation therapy in Vatavyadi telling that how one can bend the dry wooden log as decide only after proper oleation and polishing it. In a similar way, the Vatavyadi where there is deformity, stiffness of the affected body part or the whole body will gradually regain its normalcy only after proper oleation and sudation method. So a dry wooden log cannot be broken at all. In a similar way, without soliation and sudation therapy, Vatavyadi cannot be mitigated. So benefits of Svedana, because it mitigates horripilation, different examples have been given and it mitigates pricking pain, different kinds of pain, different kinds of deformities such as kyphosis, lordosis, tetanic movements, stiffness and uh, all the Vatavikara by giving a Mardavata to a body. And Snehana mainly it nourishes the dhatu, mainly the cell and tissue, enhances the strength, enhances the digestive capacity and also the tissue metabolism which is very important, which is nourishing and establish the vitality. Again, Acharya says that Puna Snehana Svedana. Repeatedly one has to adopt Snehana and Svedana in Vatavyadi telling that Asankrita Puna Snehai Svedais Chapyupapadayet Atha Snehau Mrudokoshte Na Tishtanti Anilamayaha so repeatedly snehana and svedana therapy should be adopted in case of a person who is affiliated with vatavyadi because it eliminates the riktata in srotas that is it nourishes the cell and tissue elements which is denourished and does always a treatment protocol based ayurvedic principle says that svastasya svastya rakshanam aturasya vikara prashamanam roga apunarbhava chikitsaha so it is the main um, aspect of Ayurvedic physician not to get the disease back. Here by adopting repeat Snehana and Svedana, the Vatavyadi does not remain in a person or it will get mitigates completely. Why so much importance of Snehana and Svedana has been explained is first let me take up a Snehana. So what does this Snehana and how the cell metabolism goes on. Cell layer is mainly made up of lipoprotein and also when we see the composition of human brain after 77% of what the most adopted thing is lipid or fat or that is 11% whereas protein carbohydrates remains 1% or 2% so the major aspect which is contributing the healthy brain and healthy cellular level in our body is lipids or fats wherein the saturated fat constitutes 50% omega-6 saturated fat comes contains some 25% and 3-DHA contains 14% and others unsaturated fats contains 11%. Almost all this Snehana Dravyas what we had 
पित्तल फिट सर्पी तैला वसा मज्जा मेनली कंसिस्ट ऑफ ओमेगा थ्री फैटी एसिड सैचुरेटेड फैट दिनोलिक एसिड विटामिन ए डी के एंड फोस्फोलिपिड लेयर्स विच मेनली एक्ट्स ऑन लिपिड लेयर ऑफ द सेल इट इज एविडेंटली नोन दट द ड्रग डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन इन ब्लड इज मेनली बाई मीन ऑफ थ्री वेज वन इज डिफरेंस इन ब्लड फ्लो लिपिड सॉल्यूबिलिटी आयोनाइजेशन मेनली वी हैव टू कंसिडर हियर द लिपिड सॉल्यूबल ड्रग्स विच आर रेडिली अवेलेबल into intra and extracellular spaces and also have huge capacity to reach and over pass the blood brain barrier because even the blood brain barrier has lipophilic molecular structure which makes the lipids and lipid soluble drugs pass easily so there is a huge importance of snehana which have the lipophilic nature which facilitates the entry into the cellular metabolism and also when it reaches the cell it delivers to mitochondria microsomes nuclear membrane which also consists of lipid layer that's why that's why when there is vata vriddhi and especially in case of dhatuk shejanya sampraapti snehana karma has been given much more importance the next karma which they had stated is svedana karma svedana karma shloka says that svedanam sveda samyuktam stambhagnam gauravagnam शीतघ्नम स्वेदकारकम सो वॉट इज दिस तंबग्न विच रिलीव द स्टिफनेस बै हीट मेकानिजम बिकॉज वेन सुडेशन थेरापी इज गिवन इट जनरेट्स हीट इन द बॉडी गौरवग्नम विच रेड्यूसेस द हेवीनेस एस इट रीचेस द फ्रीड मेकानिजम विथ अ सेलुलर मेकानिजम विल बी रीस्टोर्ड बै रिमूविंग द टॉक्सन्स शीतघ्नम द सुडेशन थेरापी मेनली मेन्टेन्स द होमियोस्टासस इन द बॉडी विच इन टर्न मिटिगेट्स द कोलनेस एंड इट जनरेट्स द heat the main therapeutic use of swedana karma is it is subjected to heat stress usually when sudation therapy is applied to a body either sagni or niragni a body is subjected to heat which mainly eliminates the toxins from the body the fermentation relieves pain and swelling by heat mechanism it is transferred from skin into deeper organs and the heat is lost to the surroundings by radiation method conduction and evaporation method where it also stimulates sympathetic nervous system which causes vasodilation helps in cellular mechanisms and fluid exchange which helps in eliminating the metabolic toxins from the body which maintains healthy status of cell this is the main role because of which our acharyas have been primost importance to snehana and swedana karma the next set of the therapies which has been explained as general principles includes dhatukshajanya samprapti with margavarodajanya samprapti and then only the margavarodajanya samprapti so after explaining snehana and swedana a concept of mrudushodhana that is mind purgation therapy has been explained as follows yadhyanena sadoshatvat karmanam na prashamyati mrudubihi sneha samyuktaihi aushadaistham vishodaye khritam tilvaka siddham va सातला मृदुशोधन when there is obstruction pathway this is the first treatment modality which has to be adopted few examples have been given to adopt the mrudushodana such as telvaka krita satala krita yenda taila that is castrol with kshira for dosha haranartha so how this acts mainly a purgation therapy acts at the level of intestines where a hydrophilic or osmotic actions happens retaining the water and electrolytes in intestinal lumen mainly it stimulates the motor activity and act as gut brain mechanism which mitigates the obstructed pathway by means of patta kapha dosha and also helps in mitigating the vitiated vata dosha the next therapy which is explained is anulomana the word anulomana deals with the one which digests the indigested mala and helps for easy expulsion of obstructed vata by bringing it to normal gati so the normal direction or downward movement of vata is attained as anulomanam when this therapy should be adopted snigdhamla lavanoshnadyehi aharaihi malaschitaha sroto badhva anilam rundhyat tasmatam anulomayet so when there is obstructed samprapti again the second one the mala or the kapha pitta dosha gets lost in the srotas 
that is the channels and the sroto bandhana obstruction of the pathway leading to aggravation of the vata in such conditions the anulomana should be adopted the best anulomana dravya which can be adopted in vata vyadha is erandataila that is castor oil here mainly the vata vyadha causes by means of two srotodrishti one is the obstruction sangha one is vimargagamana because of the obstruction the vata moves in a different path it loses its channels and it started moving into different channels and causes diseases in the body so when this is happening to get back the normal vata to its pathway this is the one which has been adopted a beautiful example can be taken of our bangalore traffic especially when we stuck in the traffic when one vehicle is in front of us it is obstruction unless and until the vehicle which is in front of us most we are struck even in our body the same way when pitta and kapha dosha are obstructing the channel of vata the vata is struck if it is for few minutes we will be fine if it extends half an hour we will feel irritated still if it extends we will feel frustrated same happens with vata dosha once it is frustrated it surely causes the disease so to avoid that one has to go for anulomana therapy that is we have to clear the channel then vata which has been frustrated will be coming back to normal and the disease will be subsided the next therapy which is adopted is niruhavasti that is medicated enema therapy uh, so the medicated enema therapy that is durbalo yo avirechasya tam niruhai rupacharet pachanai deepani yeirva bhojanai stadyutair naram so the vatavyadi pidita vyakti who is contraindicated for varechana that is the mild purgation therapy because many people cannot be given this therapy such as who are very weak who can, cannot withstand the therapy so for them another route of administration of the dravya by means of niruha basti that is enimathru rectal root is adopted by means of vatahara dravya such as dashamola so mainly how this basti acts here we have to adopt two theories one is neuronal control theory one is venous theory so in case of neural control theory both the colon and small intestine have intrinsic and extrinsic interventions where the intrinsic intervention are called as entric nervous system which comprises myentric submucosal and mucosal neuronal layers where the neurons of the entire entric system is about 10 crores and exactly equal to number of entire spinal cord whereas the extrinsic system consists of mainly autonomous and parasympathetic nerves supply based on the stimulation of this there will be direct involvement of gut brain mechanism where immediately the vata gets mitigated the one more is venous control which is there in the especially the sigmoid colon and the anus the mesenteric vein have a capacity to immediately uh, take up the contents which has been put into animal and rectum and directly it reaches into the uh, small intestine where again the gut brain metabolism acts so the basti or enema therapy plays a vital role in controlling the vata vyadi here this can be adopted only when a person cannot be able to go for mild purgation therapy or when the disease is very chronic and in case of anasthapya so there are people who are still contraindicated even for this niruha basti or a rectal root administration such as who have hemorrhoids who may be having fissures or any you know rectal disorders for them even who is not indicated for mild purgation therapy also but there is obstruction of pathways which an we can plan for pachanayar deepani yerva either pachana which is carminative which is digestive and vatahara bhojana for example here i had considered hingvashtaka churna mixed with ghee usually given in first bolus of food there is a reference of hingvashtaka churna in ashtangradya patavyaji chikitsadhikara itself where it says prathama kavala bhuktam sarpisham churna meta janayati jatharagnim vatarogam chahanti so based on that either we can plan prachana deepana dravya vatahara bhojana when a person is not even indicated for mild purgation and not even indicated for medicated enema therapy one more is again snehana svedana see our acharyas doesn't leave snehana svedana whenever there is vata vyadi once the obstruction is removed by means of varechana that is mild purgation therapy or niruha basti that is enema therapy again snehana and svedana should be adopted but when we should adopt has been stated samshuddha syotite chagnau sneha svedau punarhitau swadva amla lavana snigdai aharai satatam punaha so what kind of 
um, so food substances we have to tell the vatavyadi person to consume has also been emphasized here. So after samshodhana, there is a concept called as samsarjana krama. Because once when the per person is subjected to mild purgation or enema therapy, always there is chance of disturbance in a digestive uh, fire because of different mechanism what is going on. So once after establishing the proper metabolic fire, then only snehana and svedana should be adopted. But even after removing the obstruction, one has to give gap again snehana svedana to be adopted to mitigate the vatavyadi. And the food substances which is usually adopted in vatavyadi is always svadhu, amla and lavana. As a verse says, tatradhya marutam dhanti trayastikta rayah kafaha. So tatradhya, that is madhura, amla and lavana rasas are mainly used in mitigation of vatavyadi. So such kinds of ahara dravya should be adopted which is also anxious in nature. And moving into the final therapy that is nasya and dhumapana. So navanayu dhumapana ischa sarvanevopa padayet. In any kind of vatavyadi, either in margavarodha janya samprapti or in dhatukshaya janya samprapti, the nasya Nasal root administration of the dravya followed by dhumapana is incorporated. So how does this act? Any vatahara dravyas, for example, kshirabala nasya in case of dhatuksha janya vatavyadi, whereas anutaila nasya in margavarodha janya vatavyadi can be adopted as it acts directly on the cribriform plate and it is observed directly to the brain tissues and it acts accordingly. So the Vatavyadi Chikitsa mainly emphasizes Snehana Karma which is very important, Svedana Karma then followed by Mridushodhana then Niruha Basti. In case of Snehana itself there had been explained different kinds of administration of Snehana such as oral administration, direct pure form of Sneha and different form of Sneha which is mixed with other dravyas and rectal root of administration and nasal root of administration. Apart from that, when there is margavarodhajanya samprapti, to remove the obstruction of the doshas, we have to adopt either mridushodhana or niruha basti. When these two also cannot be done, we have to plan for pachana, deepana, vatahara, dravya ahara or dravya bojana and the most one which is usually indicated as nasya and dhumapana in kinds of all vatavyadi. This encompasses the entire samanya chikitsa of vatavyadi which has been explained in classics. A similar version of a chikitsa of vatavyadi has been also emphasized by other classics telling that vatasyopakrama sneha sveda samshodhanam rudu svadvamla lavanoshnani bhojanyabhyanga mardhanam veshtanam trasanam seko madhyam paishtika gaudikam snigdhoshna bastayo basti niyama sukashilataha dapachanai dipanai reva bhojanai stadyutai naram snehaschane kayonayaha visheshan medhya pishita rasatailanu vasanam a same set of vatavyadi in a different verse has been explained by other acharyas where it consists of mainly whatever i had explained till now so this is about the entire general principles which has to be adopted in any kind of vatavyadi thank you thank you uh, dr sojanya wonderful presentation of uh, principles of uh, vatavyadi chikitsa bird's eye view so like the gist of uh, almost all the therapies all the principles which needs to be implemented while treating uh, the vata vadi how to make a choice of snehana svedana in which conditions to give in which conditions not to give where vasti works and a lot more uh, things and also with a brief introduction of the previous uh, episodes and introducing the uh, vata vadi in brief and connecting the treatment beautifully stepwise orderly in chronological order how we need to carry out and what to do and what not to do uh, Swapnaji asks uh, yeah while well, thanking you milk and jaggery are uh, wrong combination sites so like virudhahara comments dr sojani Milk and jaggery is not at all a wrong combination because it is a best combination where we use for paisam, which is best vatahara. But we have to see which milk you are taking. Always a cow's milk with jaggery, which is old one, doesn't have any problem. Okay, thank you there. And uh, yeah, so so we have a vatavadi uh, person, so XYZ, some, some symptoms of vatavadi. So we are, as uh, uh, physicians, we would be uh, when patient comes to our clinic, so in the OP or IP, they'll be very much interested. When they see an Ayurvedic doctor, uh, they already know that uh, apart from the medicines, these people prescribe good that. 
So previously there was a myth that uh, Ayurvedic doctors are like demons, like they put them on stringent diet, like uh, don't takes will be more than takes. So nowadays that myth has been cleared. So people know clearly where to go for a dietetic uh, consultation. Take one, get many free is what uh, Ayurveda offers or an Ayurveda physician, especially when we are looking at a patient in a comprehensive way. So we offer uh, many things so that uh, it is also important for us, especially in Vata Vedis, we know the importance of Vata in Ayurveda and also the Vata Vedi in Ayurveda, the number of diseases, Nanatmajavikaras including, everything has been contributed to Vata, Tantra Yantra Daraha. So, so much of emphasis has been given on Vata, Pitta, Kapha, everything has been said to be Pangu or layman totally dependent on Vata for the activities. Now the question is, uh, since you mentioned uh, an important aspect of milk and jaggery as a combination, so like me or a physician or Dr. Sojan as a physician or anybody else, uh, doctors, while writing the dietetic protocol, uh, should we be tempted to write a paisa? So prepare a paisa of your life, like use milk jaggery and consume uh, regularly. So what are the limitations of of this and uh, see people will be very much uh, happy if we write something in the dietetic protocol which they also love so how good is it to bring the paisa into the prescription if at all if it is used paisa is brought into the prescription of uh, whatever the milk and jaggery combination what what combinations would you see and uh, what are the precautions can everybody take in margavarova janya and also dhatukshaya how would you look at it as a dietetic prescription of patients uh, uh, like lovable dietetic description. Yeah, I'll take two clinical examples here. One is purely Sandhigata Vata where there is no Amavastha in a patient at all. 100% sure that we can tell them to go for Payasa along with uh, milk and jaggery combination and I had even tried in patient especially Hesrubele Paisa, I think it is Moongdal. It really have a very good effect in mitigating the Vata Dosha whereas we have to be very careful when there is Margava Rodha Janya Samprapti or Ama which is situated in the body. We have a set of Ama Lakshanas which will be observed in patients, Bahudosha Vasta which will be observed in patient. In such conditions surely we have to avoid. That is one thing. Second thing is most of the patients who come to us nowadays will be having one or the other lifestyle disorders along with Vata Vyadi. Maybe diabetes mellitus, maybe hypertension or hypothyroidism. We have to see whether those conditions are associated with AMA. If it is so, 100% we are not supposed to see. If it is a case of diabetes mellitus, we have to see whether the glycemic index is controlled, whether the levels are under control, whether all the lakshanas are under control. Then also we have to think twice before advising them this combination. But when there is no such lifestyle metabolism disorders or lifestyle disorders, when they come directly by means of pure vatavyadi such as osteoarthritis, surely we can give this diet. So Ama and uh, Agni are the key players here. So what we should be looking at in Vata uh, Vedi. Uh, so that's uh, that's a good one. Patients might like uh, when we go with uh, some favorite foods as a uh, part of uh, uh, prescription. So that's well answered, uh, Dr. Sojana. Thank you there. And uh, one more question from uh, Swapna Ji. What are the conditions to avoid castor oil as it has thickened? as it is Tichna Virajna Dravya. See, castor oil uh, or Erendtela has been enormously praised uh, medicine in Vata Vadi, uh, many Vata Vadis and also in Amavata also we know that uh, it's been a praised medication. So uh, right, rightly right at the top of the list. So whenever we think of Vata or Amavata, uh, behind the mind of the doctor, uh, there will always be an Erendtela. So different uh, medic, uh, medicine structures of Erendtela also, Gandharvastadi, Nimbamrutadi, so many are there available in the market. One comment here is uh, how frequently the question from Sotnaji is uh, what are the conditions to avoid here. And uh, before that, I would uh, like to add up to, because this is an important drawback for our prescription. Uh, which conditions would you prefer uh, going with uh, castor oil? And any clinical tips for uh, good uh, and and in what conditions? Like in the immediately when the patient comes, you look for a virechana. Virechana is also a prized treatment in uh, water valleys. Where exactly would you plug in? castor oil as a treatment, uh, which conditions of Vatavadi, because you have given the classification of Vatavadi, where it is preferable and where not, and coming to Sopnaji's question, where castor oil shall be avoided, so where to avoid, or is it good enough to use uh, castor oil from mild to moderate quantities in almost all the Vatavadis, so these are the combined uh, questions where you can answer at a loop. Uh, so I'll take up this question in different categories, one, yeah. uh, 
ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಎರಡ ತೈಲ ಇನ್ ಮೈಲ್ಡ್ ಟು ಮಾಡ್ರೇಟ್ ಡೋಸ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಎ ತೀಕ್ಷ್ಣ ಬರೇಚನ ದ್ರವ್ಯ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಎ ಮೃದು ಬರೇಚನ ದ್ರವ್ಯ ಅಂಡ್ ದ ಮೇನ್ ಮೊಡಾಲಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಟ್ರೀಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಬಿನ್ ಅಡಾಪ್ಟೆಡ್ ಒನ್ ದರ್ ಇಸ್ ಅಬ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಪಾತ್ವೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಮಾರ್ಗಾವರೋಧಜನ್ಯ ಸಂಪ್ರಾಪ್ತಿ ದೆನ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ದಿಸ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ adopted there are two forms which i'll be adopted practically one is gandharva hastadi taila one more is nimbamrutadi eranda taila gandharva hastadi taila is very very mild purgative but it depends on the dose what the physician select always a minimal dose of gandharva hastadi taila is usually adopted in all margavarada janya vatavyadi before starting any other panchakarma therapy what i follows which gives much more better result than um just following the other principles so whenever there is obstruction without clearing the obstruction if we give any other set of treatment surely it doesn't work so once we have to clear the obstruction then only we have to go for other line of treatment which has been mentioned whereas nimbamrutadi eranda taila is better used when there is especially kapha and vataja samprapti where it clears the obstruction and then it mitigates the vata dosha so 100% mild to moderate dose of castor oil in a different available form which is there in market is usually used direct use of eranda taila is usually not done in a patients of vata vyadi who approaches us even if we go for direct eranda taila in home basis it is usually advised in a mild dose such as about 50 to 60 ml where we observe 3 to 4 vegas that's all and there will be no tiredness till now i had not come up with any complications by using eranda taila okay thank you there uh, dr sojana well answered like uh, almost all the aspects of the question has been answered uh, you are also emphasizing on virechana we'll take back the other questions on uh, for that were also emphasizing as uh, virechana particularly were mentioning mrudu virechana after the snehana and svedana uh, categories uh, number one we will be interested to know why mrudu virechana and in what conditions do we also have option of using a tikshna virechana in which conditions okay so mrudu virechana why number one and uh, what is the difference between giving a classical virechana in a vatavadi patient and also eranda taila as you mentioned it is a safe one to use on with small doses of semitevirechana in vatavadi uh, or uh, this one krama virechana or a systemic virechana as indicated by shastra so how do we make a choice of the patient where do we give nitavirechana so with uh, small doses of eranda taila or any other uh, uh, good purgative or laxative and which are the conditions in which we might start or bring in a krama virechana at some point because we know virechana again is uh, uh, one of the treatment interventions which has to come into the play in vatavadi at one stage or the other what are comments dr sojan so for this i'll take up an example of pakshagata whereas a clinical reference has been given that snehanam sveda samyuktam pakshagata virechana in such cases where there is severe obstruction or very severe vata vitiation we have to go for classical virechana as explained in classics because without snehana and svedana if we directly up um observe the mild or moderate dosage of nitya virechana it may not enough to reach that level of vatavyadas where there is vitiation is very high level and chronicity is very high level in such cases we have to surely adopt a classical virechana which has been explained there are some simple disorders such as sandhigata vata or osteoarthritis where there is only one joint affected and there is no much need of classical virechana whereas only nitya virechana can be done there or mrudushodana can be done we can adopt the mrudushodana by means of eranda dravya and one more typical explanation why mrudu shodhana why not tikshna shodhana is when we go for tikshna shodhana again there is chances of increase of vata dosha that's why always it should be neither in mild or moderate doses we should not again create problem in a person who is in trouble we have to solve the trouble so that's why acharyas have been mainly emphasized on mrudu virechana which clears pitta dosha which clears kapha dosha also does the vata anulomana here mainly the affected vata which is in other organs or other uh, um, sthana rather than its sthana should come back not that again we will vitiate the further vata so mrudu virechana plays a very important role over tikshna virechana in vata vyadi uh, mrudu virechana is uh, dose dependent dr sojanya like uh, it is dose dependent and also 
uh, person dependent. So we will look at, uh, so we don't have a fixed dose, like we customize it as per uh, the patient. 100%, sir. We customize it based on the condition, based on at what stage the patient approaches us, and based on even via the age, the capacity of a person to withhold the Vegas, everything will be counted. Mrudu Virechana in any Vata patient, uh, seeing from the Vaigika Drishti, so like uh, the Vegas, uh, how would we judge for different people? Or do, do we uh, like uh, 100 days a protocol like these many Vegas in any type of person? So that is good enough. Or uh, as we already discussed, it should be customized as per person. Uh, seeing that, how can we uh, define a Mrudu Virechana for different people depending on the um, Vegas? Uh, mainly it depends on Koshta of a person, sir. Most of the people when they approach us usually will be having Krura Koshta when Vata is very much vitiated. When there is Krura Koshta, the those what we decide for Mrudu will be more. For example, if it is very Krura Koshta, if we consider 0 to 100 ml is the dose what we have to fix, we will usually take 80 ml. Whereas Madhyama Koshta will go for 60 ml and Mrudu Koshta it is 40 ml. It is just an example based on a clinical experience how the person's approach to us based on Vega and mainly it depends on Koshta of a person. Thank you sir and a kind request uh, would you uh, explain in simple terms what is Mrudu, Madhyama and Krura Koshta because Virechana Dravya should be given uh, looking at the Koshta there. So because some people in our uh, uh, like our participants might not uh, catch up with the Sanskrit terms. If you can throw some light and in simple understandable language if you can tell what is Mrudu Koshta, Madhyama Koshta and Krura Koshta and what type of behavior that behavior is. So the persons who are having Mrudu Koshta will have their motions normal and if we just give a glass of milk itself they may have tendency to pass motion in one or two times whereas madhyama koshta people even after giving a milk or some laxatives they are fine with that and their bowel movements will be quite normal whereas a krura koshta person even after giving two glass or three glasses of milk he may not able to pass the stools properly or may experience the hard stools mainly it depends on how we assess in patient is by means of this therapy. Can we go in another way and tell that, uh, uh, thanks for that clarification there, I think the participants will appreciate that. Is, is it like a Vata predominant person is prone to get to Vata Vedis? Is, is, it, is it true from Ayurvedic perspective? Like a Vata Prakriti person or a Vata predominant, like even in a Vata Pitta or Vata Kapha person, when Vata is predominant, that gives scope for the person to suffer from Vata disorders, Kevala Vata disorders. Uh, is it true? So in, in such cases, uh, how should uh, what are the precautions those people should be take, uh, taking, especially seeing a few conditions in their family, like family predisposition, they'll be having a family history. If there are some Vata related conditions, we'll speak only the Ayurvedic language here. Seeing cases of Vata in the family, running through the family, what precautions would uh, uh, a person take? And from when, uh, from which age the person should be looking at taking some precautions? So the question is, are Vata predominant person and uh, coming back to your an, uh, answer, the person having Krura Kosta for a pretty long time, are they predisposed to Vata Vedis? So, if you can throw some light on these questions. Uh, so, if the if there is a chance of getting Vata Vedis and if there is any a close relation with the family members who are already suffering with that, surely from the very engaged, you know, actually to be very frank, to be an infantile age, they have to start uh, taking care of the child by Usually we start with Abhyanga, with Kshirabala Thaila, that is which is very evident in olden days, but nowadays people are forgetting the therapies what we were used before eras. So from the infant itself, we have to start controlling the Vata Dosha. We can adopt the measuring, which is very easy to do in home, such as massage therapy by means of Vatahara Dravyas, incorporating the Snigdha Dravyas, which are really habituated, anxious, that is continuous taking of milk, ghee. Nowadays, I usually see people in taking of milk who take ghee and telling that it may increase the cholesterol levels in them. They have some cholesteremia. That is really a wrong concept. The pure form of cow ghee or a butter, nothing they'll contribute to cholesterol unless and until it is um, dalda or something else out of the things. So one should not think in a different way. They should 
from starting itself adopt the snehana karma internally and externally and much more thing which we see practically is not applying oil to hairs they think that if they apply oil to hairs they may look bad then their colleagues may consider them as some old person or from a village issue it is a really wrong concept if they adopt all these things from childhood itself surely they can prolong the duration of disease or they may not get affected with that at all so thank you sir dr sojane again uh, all the indriyas are located in the shira shira we call it as uttam indriya uttama uh, anga so a lot of uh, as you also mentioned uh, applying the uh, hair on the scalp and the head and also giving a little massage before taking the shower or after taking the shower so that that will work out wonders so that's right we'll go back to the question box we have some interesting questions again uh, kavita koleji asks a question a person who is with uh, vata imbalance but has sensitivity to fatty foods we are speaking about snehana in vata people interesting question vata imbalance is there but person has sensitivity to fatty foods how to uh, go with mrudu virechana so how to decide whether we have to give or not if yes how and why uh, better to avoid it as itself and while explaining the different modalities i had told when a person is intolerance towards consumption of sneha dravyas you can opt a rectal route which is very very best adopted in case of vatavyadi i had detailedly explained even the anuvasana basti and niruha basti while dealing with it thank you so kalpana ji asked is there a particular time of the day where erenda tela should be administered Uh, practically we will administer it in an empty stomach in morning hours uh, some physicians dr sojanya uh, would uh, like to give erand uh, tail at night time so that morning the person gets up and has a good relaxation uh, so good stool movement bowel movement and feels relaxed so what are your takes on this when applied to vata vedi uh, we can surely give sir but we have to have a very very huge knowledge about the history of a person many times when we try giving this a person who really stays in home or opd basis few complaints that they'll get up in midnight so usually when it is in opd basis we'll avoid it but when a person is under a physician's observation surely it can be done thank you sir and uh, swapna ji asks a question jagri is mentioned as kshira viruddha ahara i am reading the question so basically we'll try to get a glimpse of what exactly is the question jagri is mentioned as kshira viruddha ahara in vastu guna deepika may know the reference for what you are saying thanks so my reference i had even mentioned in the shloka itself it is from ruhatrais so charaka samhita directly probably what kshira viruddha ahara in vastu guna deepika which has been mentioned maybe nava jagari which is a new one Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays the jaggery processing is totally different from the olden days how they used to procure from sugarcane directly the jaggery one probably you can avoid the new uh, variety of jaggery which has been given where purana guda is usually not a viruddha ahara none of the bruhatrais mentioned this so that can be taken so which is the jaggery of choice like in whatever is purana or uh... Uh, no. purana guda will be best whenever it is any disorder nava guda have an um, tendency to increase abhishandata always it have it will mitigates the dosha so better to take at least 6 months older one thank you sir so esrauji asks what is the recommendation for someone who is subclinical hypothyroid thyroid condition you are referring to hypothyroid condition in restricting milk and uh, jaggery yeah, better to avoid when they are prone to it again esrauji has uh, One more uh, question. Any explanation regarding effect of hypothyroid condition on vata? Hundred percent vata is the dosha which is acting in case of thyroid metabolism. Wherever there is any hormone imbalance, is there vata is the pradhana dosha which is acting and controlling vata is very very essential in such conditions. So hundred percent there is effect of vata and the same general principles what has been adopted can be adopted in case of hypothyroidism in a different way. Whereas shodhana karma as for classical virechana is adopted there than brudo virechana. as sampratti or the pathogenesis is quite different uh, we will take up a couple of questions from sanjana estrau like in case of kapha avruta vata and majja avruta vata the chikitsa mentioned in charaka chikitsa chapter 28 goes more with virechana what is what it is indicating mrudu virechana or tikshna virechana when there is chronic 
and the doshas are just kapha dosha which have a very snigdhash lakshana gunas which adheres the vata dosha whereas mrudu virechana doesn't acts on kapha itself there so in there the classical virechana should be adopted that's why i said this clinical principles which i am explaining is general line of principle whereas individual vata vyadi have been given different special set which has to be adopted there and always this condition goes more with tikshna dravya prayoga to remove the avarana uh, does it aggravate vata if so how can we manage it so probably the question is uh, to remove the avarana probably we may require tikshna virechana dravya uh, which might once again aggravate vata so how do we balance Let's take a balance here. Avarna uh, for our uh, friends who have not caught up with the word uh, among our participants, it's it's a type of presentation of uh, water uh, where uh, different components of the body interfere with the water functions, and water subtypes themselves will uh, meddle into the activities of the other waters and obstruct their functions. So this is a strange set of symptoms and uh, symptom syndromes we get or symptom complexes we get. We call it as Avarna. Uh, we are speaking about the treatment uh, principles of those things yes dr sojin so when we want to remove the avarana the tikshna dravya prayoga is usually advised but as i said after removing avarana to mitigate vata snehana it should be adopted we should not leave the a chikitsa in a halfway once the avarana is removed pata dosha should be brought back to its normalcy by using the snigdha dravyas which doesn't mitigates which doesn't aggravates or vitiates vata again if we stop there surely it will vitiate so physician has to monitor the condition thank you sir so coming back to one more question from swapna ji in high pitta condition eranda tela can be taken as nitya virechana mild dose or trivrut is ideal clarify if it is only pitta then trivrut is better if it is pitta association with vata whereas taratama bhava is there then nitya virechana can be adopted but usually when there is vata vyadi then only erenda taila is adopted rather than pitta dosha yeah, thank you very much dr sojana so coming back to the basics of uh, ayurveda and also what are the practices nowadays so when uh, the facts of the lipids are uh, contraindicated people have a strange uh, scare or panic of uh, consuming even small quantities of uh, sneha once a little bit of cholesterol some uh, bad lipid variations happen in the blood and the doctor tells be cautious with fats so people suddenly delete fat from their food so like no oil no ghee recipes they try to find and explore lot of um, uh, things are available lot of recipes are available in the google and youtube's nowadays uh, low fat instead of low fat going no fat no oil no uh, ghee now you rightly mentioned about the role of sneha in handling the vata vyadi uh, initially so because it is totally uh, having an antagonistic property like uh, a villain for vata vyadi so that will be used in one or the other forms like sneha pana maybe like in the virechana sneha virechana or navasti or in the foods also we are taking uh, a sneha so what do you suggest so to a young practitioners or the doctors what their advice should be to the patients in uh, vata vyadi Uh, keeping even water very apart from the people who are not using sneha or who have a panic factor associated with it, and totally keep away the sneha from their dietetic protocol. Will these people be subjected to, or uh, will the gates open for the water very different water symptoms to manifest in the future? Hundred percent, sir. Because when the complete snigdhamsha has been removed from the body, they will be much more prone to get water vyadi. and practically we had seen many cases because of that only i can mention that so we have to advise them at least to take two spoons of ghee mixed with food at least in afternoon dose so that the snigdhamsha will be there in the body and even their psychological effect of uh, getting away from the fats may be out of that first thing what we will do is we will console the patient we will make them understand not to avoid complete snigdhamsha which was followed from the young life till that uh, stage where the cholesterol is high and most of them will not be used to do exercises they will be physically inert we will advise them to go for physical exercises rather than completely avoiding the food and 100% their pizza burger whatever they had avoided paneer mushroom is fine but they have to inculcate either milk or ghee once in a day we'll make sure that they'll do that and uh, see some some favorite family foods like even even at uh, you were mentioning the children the kids 
uh, we are uh, attracted to the foods and all those things we also have some uh, foods which have been customized since, since ages the granis recipes and all those things hot rice a lot of ghee a little bit of salt uppu thuppanna ogarane tadaka all those things so what is what is your take on uh, so nowadays parents are uh, hesitate to give that uppu thuppanna what we call it as uppu is salt and thuppa is ghee and with hot rice it forms a fantastic recipe even i love taking it uh, yesterday itself i took it uh, i took that yeah so i love i love that uh, not only kids so it's always tempting to take that nowadays uh, parents hesitate to give such uh, uh, granny's diets or the uh, cust- uh, old custom diets uh, to the children with the fear that the children may put on weight and other things uh, is is it uh, uh, wise enough to be like uh, to be cautious is good to be hyper cautious and also to go into the zone of panic so we will when we start screening the foods don't take foods and uh, which which are uh, associated with the fear factor it will be a big list rather than what we need to consume what are your take on that professor so 100% they should not do that first a basic education should be provided by different platforms to nowadays parents uh, where most of them don't care about their kids food at all they'll be consuming more junk with without oil uh, they'll uh, give pizza and burger thinking that it is good diet and they'll avoid this traditional food thinking that it induces fat that uh, notion should go away from them for that basic education is very much necessary so without that basic education the nowadays parents won't be i think coming back to the things unless and until either they suffer with one or the other condition or their children suffer with so probably a basic understanding of traditional food habits should be a education talk which has to be given to all the parents what i really feel sir thank you there uh, so important take there so on uh, yes uh, uh, looking at uh, the diet it so many foods even people have a scare about water see water is the most essential thing and those who are under dialysis they will definitely realize what is the value of water so because there is so much of restriction and fear factor around it any any food can uh, be true to be harmful to uh, our system ati sarvatra varjet that golden principle shall be followed at the same time let's be cautious and not uh, attach too many taboos and restrictions and fear factors to the food because with love even if we take a little bit of poison that also will healthily uh, nourish our system with with, with a disclaimer that uh, i'm not advising anyone to take poison okay suhas selmuri ji has a question is shodhana required in avarana dhatukshejanya vatavyadi or santarpana slash vatahara treatment is directly given if shodhana is required how to give in dhatukshaya conditions basically the differentiation of using shodhana in dhatukshaya and also avarna janya conditions how do we make a choice and santarpana janya vikaros also i think that is the basic cuts of the question uh, usually in dhatukshaya janya sampratti we want adopt to shodhana as such will directly go for snehana and svedana whereas there is avarana janya sampratti without shodhana nothing can be done so shodhana is the first line of treatment which has been adopted so usually in dhatukshaya janya sampratti no shodhana is advised uh, with that answer uh, can you just brief a brief note a quick uh, uh, easy translation of dhatukshaya janya and avarana janya vatavedis for people who can't get up with those tough walls so margavarana janya vatavyadi basically vatavyadi which has been caused by obstruction mechanism when there is obstruction to pathway of vata dosha by, by means of anything which may be pitta kapha or ama which may be any dosha dhatu if there is obstruction then removal of obstruction should be first line of treatment that is avarana janya whereas dhatukshaya janya as i explained if i will explaining the pathogenesis when there is deplishment of nourishment to a particular dosha when there is riktata of srotas when there is snehamsha is not there in the srotas at that time when there is vitiation of vata dosha where there is deplishment or decreased in the nourishment of the dhatu then it is considered as dhatukshaya janya vatavyadi when there is nourishment itself is deplished there is no need of going for shodhana karma there we have to supply a nourishment such as snehana or svedana in those conditions srotasojana so these are i think uh... we can speak volumes and days together on avarna and also different aspects of uh, there are strange presentations of vatavedi according to the ayurveda text and uh, avarna is uh, one such tough concept which is very difficult to like uh, break down the codes of uh, what is avarna 
uh, bring it into the clinical practice, try to identify them and treat. So in putting it in simple terms, water values which are not responding to the traditional uh, treatments uh, can be uh, viewed with the lens of uh, Avarna or uh, Ashaya Pakarsha. We can consider these conditions when treatment, regular treatments and the classical treatments for water value are not giving yielding results or we don't get responses for uh, water value. Then we can look at look the same water value with a different lens and try to figure out whether it is Avarna or uh, Ashaya Pakarsha. So probably in future episodes at some point we'll speak about these topics also. Very tough to understand uh, and also decode them and bring it into the clinical practice. So in simple terms, uh, well explained by Dr. Sojana, I think that will come handy for our uh, participants. So can we use Erenda Taila? Yeah, can we use Erenda Taila or Gandharvastari Taila in Nitya Virechana? What is the dosage used in Nitya Virechana and its duration and indication? Sandeji's question. Usually, Nimbamrutadi Erenda Taila is not used as Nitya Virechana Dravya. Gandharva Hastadi can be adopted with either 5 ml or 10 ml dose in an early morning empty stomach as Nitya Virechana in Vatavyadi, practically. Swapnaji again uh, giving equal volumes of milk. Uh, milk and ghee mixing together, will it, will it be good or will it be a wrong combination? I had not found any wrong combination till now. No much idea about that because I had not found any incompatibility when ghee and milk has been given together. So uh, uh, the question is in, in terms of weight. So like uh, I would like to uh, answer a bit of this question, Sopnaji. So like uh, when we mean milk, we will take in a larger dosage. Ghee generally in larger dosage is given in the Snehana Prakriya. So like uh, oral volution methods or to saturate the person with snehana before giving svedana, virechana and lavana. So we saturate the body by giving large volumes of uh, snehana by increasing the doses so that the person becomes adapted to that and slowly the tissues uh, uh, start uh, getting saturated with the sneha. The basic concept is to mix the doshas with the sneha and bring them back to the posta or the bowel and from there we can throw it out through the easiest possible route like through the oral route in uh, emesis that is omana and uh, through the anal route in purgation or viration that will be the thing and when we look at the quantity so generally when we take in full the ghee quantity will be less and generally when we take uh, milk the milk quantity what we consume for those in whom milk is satmaya that is compatible so that will be in large volumes generally if i am used to uh, consume 200 ml of milk or 250 ml of milk uh, we can't expect to mix 250 uh, ml or 250 grams of ghee into that so that becomes quite enormous quantity which is given in snehana. So the larger the dosage of milk, the equal quantity of or equal volume of ghee never comes into the question. One more thing is uh, used skillfully, shira and uh, gruta, both are considered as rasayanas. We should be using skillfully uh, both those things. Again, uh, Mona Bhatri uh, comes with the question, how do you recognize new versus old jaggery recognition? So usually it is recognized by means of gantha and guna. Uh, to detailly explain that, probably we need a half more hour because it differs from place to place, country to country. So based on the smell and the properties, what we will usually bring, uh, we recognize like that here. Sometimes we'll rope in Vaishya uh, experts to do that with samples of jaggery if possible uh, and with a demo. Uh, so that question will keep it for future. And uh, Suhas Telmuriji, ma'am, how do you treat water wedding children as Shodhana, even if it is needed uh, but contraindicated in Bala? Matra Vasta is 100% indicated in Bala Vasta also. And the uh, indication of Basti starts from one month up to 100 years. So usually that is adopted in case of Bala. Whenever we feel like adopting Shodhana, as I said, when the persons who are really need Shodhana but cannot be indicated from Rudu Shodhana, Basti is adopted. Jai Raghuji has a question. In persons with ha very high cholesterol or triglycerides, is there a possibility that the fat from Basti is absorbed and increases triglycerides or cholesterol. Sneha given in Vasti, can it increase triglycerides or cholesterol? Till today, I had not observed that. Yeah, therapeutically, they have a different uh, line and mode of action, uh, Jai Raghuji. Uh, that also we will probably discuss uh, later. So generally, we don't see that happening. And there may be exclusive conditions also. We cannot rule out that. So it's basically judicial how and what type of medicine we select and uh, how much we select. There are different aspects to consider before even planning a vasti or any measure or any therapy explained in Panchakarma. So after considering all those things only, we will be taking... Uh, so again, Ayurveda gives a big set of Arha and Anahara uh, list. So like people who fit into the category, fit and unfit people for each and every therapy. We need to look into those things before uh, 
considering a patient whether patient or a healthy person whether we need to give vasti to this person or not we need to be very much in sync with the theoretical description of uh, uh, the indications and contraindications of the fit and unfit people so many things should be done with the pariksha and lot more things should be done before considering uh, otherwise uh, the treatments may go wrong if not yielding the results so very much caution should be taken while diagnosing the disease classifying the vata vadi since we are speaking the vata vadi here what type of vata vadi it is and whether uh, vasti is needed in that condition or not if required at what stage so after considering all those things we should be taking up these things uh, anyhow we will be looking at uh, the reports biochemical reports also before uh, taking up any treatment uh, this i think this this is an elaborate topic uh, for to be discussed in future so generally uh, we will consider many factors and uh, we don't see a lot more complications or things like this to happen uh, what is the minimal and maximal maximum arohana way dosage of snehana given in madhyama kosha person practically anupana used practically totally differs from case to case totally differs because because uh, so when the person in, approaches us in a different stages uh, even though if they are madhyama kosha the disease may be different so it depends on disease cost and many other factors based on a person itself we can decide, decide that we can't generalize it for all thank you there and we will be taking the last two questions the last two questions in the question box jay raguji if we brought uh, jaggery and kept at home for a year can it be considered as old jaggery <laughs> uh, if you really take up a jaggery which is formed from sugar cane directly and you keep it in home without uh, get, getting it affected by fungus or something else surely you can consider but i am not sure about this because i am not expertized in this aspect absolutely jay raguji so here uh, one more clarification is in uh, when we speak about gruta purana prapurana gruta so many types of grutas are there like ghee uh, kept for so and so uh, time period should be considered as uh, purana so here uh, since the question is about uh, jaggery old jaggery or new jaggery i think we will try to explore so if we can get some classical reference with the subject experts and bring back uh, the reply to this so we will keep uh, uh, the question pending for that thank you for the question anyways vijayalakshmi ji vaidya vijayalakshmi ji yes jaggery can be stored for a year and they use it as a purana guda so vaidya vijayalakshmi ji has given a clarification we will take it as an expert opinion so on behalf of all of us and uh, easy ayurveda thanks to dr saujanya for uh, comprehensively covering uh, the topic uh, the birds of a bird's eye view uh, of vata vedic chikitsa thank you namaste and lots of love from easy ayurveda thank you